Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, choir and our praise team. Thank all of you for taking part in our worship this morning. Pray that God was honored and our worship was acceptable to Him. If you brought your Bibles, we're going to look at the book of Luke and the book of Matthew. Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. And I'm going to share a sermon, Was Jesus Born of a Virgin? Was Jesus Born of a Virgin? I went back through my notes years and years and years and years ago, and um, I've, talked, I've spoke in sermons about uh, the virgin birth, but as far as preaching a sermon directly about the virgin birth, I couldn't find where I'd preach just directly about the virgin birth. Referred to it from time to time, but one of the, well, the most important doctrine, I would say, next to the crucifixion, the resurrection, is the, uh, the uh, virgin birth. Jesus came to earth, incarnate, to a virgin. And so, uh, a major doctrine of the Christian faith. Was Jesus born of a virgin? Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 26, and I'm going to read through 28. If you uh, would, for, out of respect and reverence to the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God, stand uh, with me, if you would, and let me share, and you follow along. should be on the screen. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through um, verse 38. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great and he'll be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and all of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come and worship you, sing songs of uh, praise, sing hymns. Father, to uh, pray, to intercede on behalf of others, uh, just to have a sweet time in fellowship with each other, and now to open your word, your infallible, inerrant, inspired word. Help us to realize that you're speaking to us this morning through your word. And help us to be quick to be obedient to your spirit 
as he leads us to make decisions in our life. Speak to our hearts. Be with me, I pray. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. May I use the words that you choose for me to say. Thank you for what you're going to do in our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Was Jesus born of a virgin? Now, you're going to have to listen real quick this morning because I have a lot to say. And uh, if you will, just listen real quick. You can jot down some good notes, have an outline, be sharing that with you. But there are two biological miracles that are found in the Word of God. Two biological miracles found in the Word of God. The first is found in the book of Genesis, when God created man. Now, I'm not going to go into that. That's a sermon for another time, another day. But there's two biological miracles. First is found in the book of Genesis. The second is found in Matthew chapter 1 and also in Luke chapter 1. And we'll look at Matthew in just a few minutes as we compare the two. But this morning we're concerned with the scriptural testimony of the miracle of the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now a person, some people deny the virgin birth. A person can deny what the Bible says, but there's no doubt what the Bible says. You can deny it, but it's pretty plain in what the Bible says. So in Luke chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, notice that if you will. Or, yeah, verse 1, uh, look at verse 26, I'm sorry. Luke 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Nazareth, verse 27, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So if you're taking notes, you have the, I've listed the selection of Mary. God's word says in verse 26 that in the sixth month, that's after Elizabeth. You remember the story of Elizabeth. Elizabeth in chapter 1, 15 through 25. An angel came to Elizabeth. Elizabeth was a cousin of Mary. In this sixth month after Elizabeth, who was old, who was sterile, who was barren, who was childless, after Elizabeth had conceived, in the sixth month of that conception, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. Now that's a miracle in itself, to have an angel to come from God, to come to earth. Now you're talking about miracles, the miracle of the virgin birth. You have a miracle and the angel came from heaven, came to earth, and the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Chapter 1, I mean chapter... Uh, uh, 1 verse 26, now Nazareth was about 70 miles northeast of Jerusalem. Now remember that ever since Eve, God had been looking for a woman upon whom he could bestow his favor and his trust. Ever since Eve, he'd been looking for a woman that he could bestow the honor of all honors, and that was to be the virgin mother of God's incarnate son. So city after city, century after century, woman after woman, God was looking for some woman, some woman, someone sweet enough, someone spiritual enough, someone to give birth to the Messiah. And so the search was over. The woman had been found. 
in verse 27. Look at that verse again. To a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So he found a woman that he had been searching for. Now, two times in one verse, it's referred to, she's referred to as a virgin. Now, I liked what uh, J. Vernon McGee, the definition he gave for a virgin. Listen to this. A virgin is a woman who could never have a child in a natural way because she has never had a relationship with a man that would make the birth of a child possible. She was unmarried, never had a relationship with a man. She was a virgin, had no children. She was a virgin, never had a relationship with a man that would make it possible for her to have a baby. So the point is, the Scripture makes it very clear that the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, was virgin-born. Now, what did the Bible say that Mary was? Mary was what? A virgin. Now, notice verse 34. Turn, uh, flip over a few verses to uh, verse 34. Look to the other side of the page. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? How can this be, since I do not know a man? How can this be, because I'm not married? I mean, I don't know a man. I do not have a husband. That's pretty emphatic. How can this happen? Because I do not know a man. I'm not married. And so first you have the selection of Mary, and then you have the announcement to Mary. And this is found in verse 35. Look at that for a moment. And the answer, she said, I don't know a man. I don't even have a husband. But look at the announcement. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that holy one who is born will be called the Son of God. Keep reading. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age, and, and this is now the sixth month for her who's called barren, for with God nothing is impossible. So the point is, up to this point, you have a virgin going to expect a child, and you have a sterile old woman named Elizabeth now that's in the sixth month of her pregnancy, and the point being, verse 37, with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you need in your life. I don't, think you, I don't know what you think is impossible in your life. But just remember, with God, nothing is impossible. Now look, if you will, to Matthew. Turn to Matthew chapter 1, real quick. Matthew chapter 1. Now, Luke's account was written from Mary's point of view. It's all about Mary. And so Matthew's account is written from Joseph's point of view. So we're going to get Joseph's point of view. Now look at Matthew chapter 1 and look at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, before they came together... She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about 
these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she'll bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. A thousand years prior to this, the prophet said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Now notice, before they came together, now that was Joseph's point of view, before they came together, the point is, Joseph discovered that his engaged wife was found to be with a baby, was found to be uh, with child. Some translation says was found to be heavy with child. And down in verse 25, notice what he said in, in verse 25. He says, you know, he didn't know her, didn't know her. He says, and did not know her. Till she had brought forth, he did not know her. He was not married to her. He, I did not know her till she had brought forth her, not his, but her firstborn son, and he, Joseph, called his name Jesus. And so you have the selection of Mary, you have the announcement to Mary, you have her perspective, you have Joseph's perspective. Both was in line. I, I've never known a man and I've never known her as far as being her husband or having any type of relationship with her. And that was, uh, that was, the, uh, that was the view of both Mary and Joseph. Now, so we know that she's a virgin. We know that Joseph understands she's a virgin. They both know this is going to be of God. But then you had the rejection of the virgin birth. If you're taking notes, should be point number three. The rejection of the fact of the virgin birth. Now, that's nothing new. It's not just because it's in the time period we're living in, but the rejection to the, to the virgin birth of Jesus is nothing new. The doctrine of the virgin birth of Christ, as one writer put it, has always been a storm center from the beginning. And to let you know that, in John chapter 8, John chapter 8, uh, we'll read uh, verse 41. John chapter 8, verse uh, 41. Jesus is uh, in discussion uh, with some uh, Gentiles, some Pharisees, scribes, no doubt. And he says on your screen, you do the deeds of your father. And this is what they said to him. Remember, we're talking about the rejection of the virgin birth. Even at the time of Jesus, as they're speaking with him, communicating with him, they said to him, they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have a father. His name's God. You're illegitimate, Jesus. We have a father. His name's God. 
You're just the son of a Roman soldier. Because you see, in the Talmud, the primary source of Jewish religious law, it stated that you'll find throughout the Talmud, it was widely told that Mary had given herself to a Roman officer by the name of Panthera, and out of that sinful union, Jesus was born. That was the gossip on the street, that Mary and Joseph had a son, Jesus, but it wasn't Joseph's. It belonged to a Roman officer that Mary had a relationship with. And they confronted Jesus with that. They said, we have a father. We, we have a father. You don't have, you're illegitimate. That's what they were implying. Now, you think that might be pretty, pretty bold, and it is, but it carried on throughout centuries after century after century. Voltaire in 1694 to 1778, he was repeating that same story. Tolstoy, in 1828 to 1901, when he died, he was repeating that same story. And so the rejection of the virgin birth is not just re did not just recently come about, but it starts all the way back to after Jesus began his ministry. Now, there are two special objects that critics attack. One is the inspiration of Scripture. Critics say that the Scripture, the Bible, is nothing more than just another volume of man. Just a book written like with books such as with Shakespeare and Milton and Dante and Homer. They see the Bible with no more infallibility or inerrancy than just another piece of literature. So they attack the Scripture first. And the second object they attack is the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And they tried to explain away the extraordinary personality of Jesus. They tried to explain away the extraordinary character of Jesus. One way they do this is through uh, um, pseudoscience. In other words, they tried to take the miracles of the Bible, kind of conform them to the latest form of philosophical negative thought. Let me give you an example. Like the parting of the Red Sea. They'll say, oh, God didn't part the Red Sea. It's supposed to not translated Red Sea. It's supposed to be translated Reed, R-E-E-D, seed. And it's just ankle deep. And so God didn't depart. He didn't part anything. They just walked over in ankle deep water. And some believe that. Now, some say, well, that's, that's really a big miracle because the entire army of Pharaoh was drowned in ankle-deep water. So, you know, that, that says something. And then they say something like this. Elijah's fire that fell on Mount Carmel consumed the sacrifice and altar. That was just a chance lightning bolt from heaven. It, it really, God didn't really send down a fire from heaven, but that was just a lightning bolt on that particular day that came and struck and, and burned the sacrifice and burned the offering. And when they speak of the resurrection, they say, well, that's, uh, you know, people just were hallucinating. Uh, Jesus really did not, was not raised from the dead. They were just hallucinating. And in regards to the virgin birth, they explained the virgin birth by also, I found, parallels in material, natural science. Now, what does that mean? I thought it, I really don't understand it, 
but what they said was, it's called uh, parthenogenesis, which means many algae and fungi and plant lice uh, proliferate and, and they form life, human life. And then they have one more example I thought was quite interesting. They, they used an example of a shocked, shocked rabbit. A professor offered this possible explanation of the virgin birth. He says, Female rabbits have been known to be shocked into conception without the male, and Mary may have well been shocked into conception by the startling appearance and the announcement of the angel Gabriel. That's how they reject the uh, virgin birth of Christ. And so the point of that is the best that science has come up with to explain the virgin birth is to classify Mary with algae and fungi and plant lice and female rabbits. That's all they can, that's all they can come up with. So you have this pseudoscience used to reject the virgin birth. You have a parallel material natural science. And then I thought quite interesting, you have the stories of the miraculous birth in Greek and Roman mythology. I read some of these, don't have time to read them to you now, but you can look up some Greek mythology and look up some of the heroes, and uh, they looked at the, the legends of these great heroes of the ancient world, and their greatness, they thought, was explained by their supernatural birth. Some had been born because their mothers uh, were uh, bitten by a serpent, and, and, and after she was impregnated, uh, a human was formed. I mean, it's... Real crazy stuff. And some of the heroes that they mention is Alexander the Great and Hercules, Augustus Caesar, and uh, Gautama uh, Buddha. All of these had these unusual births, legend says. However, you make an observation of all those births, those I mentioned, and uh, uh, from their births, those Greek heroes, and you'll, you'll discover two things. Number one, no virgin can be found among any of their mothers. No virgin mentioned among any of their mothers. And then the stories, secondly, are fabricated, fictitious, and they have no theological meaning whatsoever. However, when you think about the virgin birth of Jesus, every manuscript of the Bible, regardless what version you're using, has the story of the virgin birth of our Lord from the very beginning to the end. So the question is, was Jesus born of a virgin? Jo Joseph said, he's not my son. And he planned to put away Mary quietly. Matthew 1, verse 19. Mary said, he's not the son of Joseph. And when Jesus was tried and when he was put to death because he said God was his father, all that Mary had to do, all she had to do was to stand up and when Jesus gave testimony that he was the son of God, all she had to say was, hey, listen, he's hallucinating. That's not true. He's just imagining all that. God is really not his father. But she didn't. She pondered those things in her heart. She, her lips were sealed because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. Matthew 1, 20 and Luke 1, verse 34 and 35. She said, Joseph is not his father. 
Luke 1, 34 and 35. So the point is this. There's nothing more clearer. Gospel writers say that Joseph is not his father. The apostles say that Joseph is not his father. The scriptures say Joseph is not his father. The fulfillment of the prophecies say that Joseph is not his father. And so I'll close with this. Who's his father? Who brought, who begat the Savior of the world? There's only one person who's ever claimed to be the father of Jesus. That's found in Matthew 3, verse 17. Mark that down if you will. Matthew 3, verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my son, my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. God the Father. The first biological miracle was in Adam. Out of the dust of the ground, God created Adam. Genesis 2 verse 7. The second biological miracle is the birth of our Lord, the second Adam. And God broke through the chain of genetics and he created the holy and heavenly body of Jesus Christ. You and I will never, we'll never understand scripture without the virgin birth. Let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 3. Look back there real quick. Genesis 3. Genesis 3 verse 15. You remember this. <clears throat> and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Notice that. He says, I will put, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Now what do you say, what's the problem there? The woman doesn't have a seed. Now, we can't understand that scripture unless we understand that it refers to the birth of a child on the part of a virgin mother who did not know a man. That's the only way you can understand that verse about the seed of the woman. Isaiah 7.14. Notice Isaiah 7.14. Let me share that with you. You're familiar with it. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a sign and shall call his name Emmanuel. Turn over a page or so to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Upon us, for unto us a child is born. Shows his humanity, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. That shows his dignity. How do we know that's his dignity? And the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. His name will be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You'll never understand Scripture until you accept 
the virgin birth. Revelation 22, and I'll close with this. I thought it was quite interesting. Revelation 22, verse 16. This is what Jesus said. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I'm the root. I'm the root of David. I'm before David. I'm the forefather of David. I'm from everlasting before David. I'm the root of David. And then I'm the offspring. One is his deity. The other is his humanity. And so Christmas is a very special time of the year. It's a time that we can come together and we can praise God for his glorious son, our eternity, our everlasting Savior, our everlasting life, all of that is in His Son. So you have the selection of Mary, the, the announcement to Mary, the rejection of the virgin birth. Who is the father of Jesus? Joseph said, I'm not. Mary's, Mary said, Joseph is not. And Jesus, a voice from heaven, said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to, to just focus upon the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for revealing to us today who the Father is. Father, thank you for loving us enough to send your Son into this world to die on the cross for our sin. Thank you for using Mary. Thank you that there was not one drop, Lord, of human blood from Joseph or from any other male that was passed on to Jesus. It's all deity, perfect, sinless blood of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we know the blood, Lord, comes from, uh, comes from the male. And so we thank you that, that the blood of Jesus was from our Heavenly Father without stain, without spot, without sin whatsoever. And so I pray today, Lord, that you've brought the message home to us and to all of us here. I pray for those here today who need to receive you as Lord and Savior of their life. I pray for those who need to recommit themselves to you. I pray, Lord, today that there's some who will be waiting to perhaps and will hear the Spirit of God calling them into some vocational ministry. So, Father, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts today. But thank you, Lord, for the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Terry's going to lead us in a hymn of invitation.